It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? Today, we're going to talk about the Washington Wizards made a two-way player signing today. We're going to look at the starting unit and the second unit and what the depth chart was was how it's going to look like going into the regular season and we're going to talk about the summer league and some stats on johnny davis and Bilal Koulibaly next on locked on wizards you are locked on wizards your daily washington wizards podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Brennan Scott, again, with my guy, the real Ed Oliver. Thank you for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. And we're going to start out. Uh, we got a lot to talk about today, but we're going to start out with the Wizards made a signing real quick, and we're going to look at it real quick. They signed, let me pull him up real fast, Eugene Amarui uh, on a two-way contract. Um, he is a guy who can shoot and can defend, so he's probably going to start out the year with the Capital City Go-Go. But, E, real quick, how intrigued are you with this signing um, with Eugene Amarui to, uh, on a two-way contract? Yeah, it's an interesting signing. He uh, was in OKC with Will Dawkins. Just look at, at some of his numbers. Um, 6'6", went to Oregon. I do remember playing against him. The Wizards played against him when he was on the Pistons. Um, and he had a pretty good game. He had 15 points that game. Uh, he was cutting to the basket, finishing well around the rim, uh, moving without the ball. Uh, he's not an above-the-rim guy. He's kind of not an old-school player, but he's he, he kind of feels like an undersized power forward, like a 6'6 power, power forward out there. But he has a good feel for the game, good touch, um, does the little things well, runs the floor well, can finish well around the rim, has, has a mid-range jumper. Um, you look at his shooting numbers. Not too high, about shoots about 29% from the three, but he did average about, uh, I want to say, looking at it right now, he averaged nine points a game, three boards, uh, and a steal as well. So uh, he has some history there with Will Dawkins. So I think that's that's the connection right there. And um, he brings some toughness, man. He plays really physical, plays hard. Some people compare him to, to Draymond a little bit, just looking at his build and at his frame because he's a versatile player. He can he can pass the ball, uh, has good vision. Um, kind of a solid guy, like, I'm not going to compare him to Anthony Gill, but, you know, Anthony Gill's kind of solid at everything. And I think Eugene's a guy that's going to be solid at everything. I think he's going to be a good 15th man on some nights, kind of an iron man. He looked good with the Thunder, man. He had, he had a couple threes. He had some big games with the Thunder. He had 17 points uh, a couple games. Uh, he, he had a couple big games. He had some really big games in the G League last year as well. So I, I think he's an interesting signing. And like I brought up last episode, uh, Anthony Gill is – rumored to being uh some Euroleague teams contact Anthony Gill so I think he could possibly possibly be the Anthony Gill replacement yeah I agree with you man you know all points your own point <laughs> um <laughs> I think one guy that he kind of reminds you of is the guy that's on the Detroit Pistons uh, who just signed an extension Isaiah Stewart kind of mm -hmm. you know 
Yeah. Even though I, I don't want to say undersized, but at a guy at a four where he's he can't really play the five, but you know, he can shoot a mid-range, you know, he can rebound, he can defend. So I think it's a really solid move, man. I mean, you can never have too much depth till depth becomes an issue, as we know it as far as the Wizards, man. But but um, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. So um mm-hmm. We're going to go ahead and uh, move on to... And one last thing. I'm, I'm not going to say yeah. Draymond. I think that was a better comparison to Isaiah Stewart because he is starting to shoot the three. He's kind of a tweener yeah. right now. Uh, so looking at some of, some of the games, you do want to watch some highlights. He had 19 points against the Orlando Magic. Uh, he had 11 against Houston, 14 uh, against the Thunder when he was with the Pistons. He had 11 points. He had 17 against us. He had 17 against us. He went 4 for 12, 0 for 5 from the three. So he's not a great three-point shooter. But he's capable of doing it. Fifteen against, uh, yeah, fifteen against us again. Both games he had, he had eight and fifteen against us. So he loved to, he loved to play well against the Wizards, just like a lot of people do. So, um, just a, just an interesting prospect. He's he's a little bit older than what you usually give guys a, a two way contract. He's twenty six, uh, yeah, twenty six years old, six six two hundred thirty five pounds. Yeah, I think Isaiah Stewart is definitely that comparison, man, because, you know, he's got an offensive game to him, but yet he's scrappy, he can defend, and he can get in there in the paint and get some rebounds. So, no, like I said, before we move on, I think it's a really solid two-way contract, man. Obviously, mm-hmm. we have a, we still have one vacant spot for a two-way contract, but, you know, between him and uh, and uh, Quinn Jackson, they're both intriguing prospects for depth mm-hmm. for the Wizards. So, um, we're going to move on, man. Uh, we're going to get into what is your starting lineup, and obviously, it's, it's easier said than done with this roster, man, because... Uh, we're gonna jump in the second unit, but there's still we both think that there still needs to be a consolidation trade. You still got uh, vets on, on you know spawn contracts. So, but looking at this uh, the first unit, um, who who are you going with on your first unit? This is a tough one. I think I think the four spots are pretty easy. Four out of five, and it was kind of the same way last year. Everybody was like, okay, Monte's gonna start, Brad's gonna start. Um, Porzingis is going to start. Kuz is going to start. So that was easy with the four, and it was like Danny versus Will Barton. Now this year is Denny versus Corey Kispert because I think Tyus is going to start. I think Jordan Poole obviously is going to start. Kuz is obviously going to start. I think he's going to start at the four. I think Gaff is going to start at the five default the, due to, you know, really default. We don't have any other centers. The only center on the roster is Wiscala and Vucevic. And uh, right now it's not even 100% that Vucevic is going to play this year, even though I think he should. They still have some things that they got to do with his contract overseas and whatnot. Um, and maybe Poole could start a point guard. They could think about that. He did play point guard with the with the Warriors whenever Steph was injured. He did a good job of doing that. He's a good playmaker. But I do think it's going to be Tyus, Jordan Poole, and then uh, if it's up to me, I'm really leaning Corey Kispert. It's really like 55 45% Corey, only because I know everybody's going to say the defense is going to be atrocious with Tyus, Jordan Poole, and Corey out there. And Kuz at the four. Kuz is a good defender. Gafford's a solid defender. Um, so the defense would be bad. You probably would give up about 120 points a night. It would be, you know, who can get to 120, 130 the first, at first uh, wins the game. Uh, but honestly, whatever lineup you throw out there with this roster right now, where I don't, I, it's going to be uphill battle to even make the play in. Uh, I think we're closer to a top five pick than even making the play in with this roster. Any type of lineup you throw out there, that's just the ceiling of this roster right now because it's, it's, we're still in a rebuilding phase. But um, yeah, personally, I, I would lean towards Corey, and I think Denny would be better off the bench because he would have more ball handling opportunities off the bench where Jordan Poole is going to dominate the ball, Kuz is going to dominate the ball, and Tyus Jones is going to dominate the ball. I think with the second unit, that would be better for Denny. And then Corey's a better shooter, so he'd be able to space the floor so Jordan Poole can go to work, Kuz can go to work, Tyus Jones can go to work, and Corey just can cut and move. But I understand for defensive purposes, 
Denny would start at the three, Kuz started the four. Now, Denny started last year, didn't last too long. Wes Unso Jr. made changes because, you know, he just wasn't stretching the floor at all. I bring up the game with LeBron James. He wasn't even going out there to guard Denny. Can Denny improve his three-point shot? So that's the deciding factor for me, but it's really a, it's a coin flip. It really is. If Denny starts, I'm fine with it. If he comes off the bench, I'm fine with it. Either way, is he going to be stuck in a corner with Jordan Poole and Kyle Kuzma on that starting unit? Would it be better for him to come off the bench and be able to bring the ball up and get rebounds and push uh, rather than him kind of be in that 3 and D role with Kuz, with Kuz Jordan Poole, and Ty Jones? Yeah, I like where you're going with it, man. Um, yeah, I'm gonna make a switch. I, I think that I'm gonna start Denny. Um, but I've been I'm gonna get into my starting lineup real quick. But before we do, uh, today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs makes you look good. Bird Dogs has a stretch khaki shorts that are designed and fit slimmer to the thigh and leg that gives you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing at Lululemon, but fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs fixed this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement, which is big because I'm a big fella, man. So I, I, I definitely need some movement, man. So Bird Dogs uses an anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA and enter promo code LockedOnNBA for a free Yeti style time. I'm trying to tell you, they're pretty dope. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NBA or promo code locked on NBA for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. I promise you. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow. We are going to uh, recap the um, the fourth Summer League game. I think there's going to be another one, so I'm not going to say last, but we're definitely going to recap the fourth Summer League game and see how these young guys did. So getting back into it, man, um, my starting five. And, and like I said, this is tricky, man, because I still think there's a um, person that moves that need to be done for the Wizards. But looking at point, yeah, you can argue that Jordan Poole could start at, at point. I, I totally agree with that. Um, so I'm going to throw two lineups out real quick. Um, first lineup is going to have Tyus Jones starting at point. Um, I'm going to slide in, obviously, Jordan Poole too. But I'm going to put in Denny, man. And the reason for that is a couple of factors. One, Contract year, you know, I want to. He's got to go out there, he's got to start, and he's got to show what he can do as a starter, man. Um, with contract year, you know, it's kind of 50 50 whether they're going to re sign him, and it really goes off of him. So, that's the big reason why I'm going to start him at the three. Now, I kind of see what you're coming from when it comes to Kispert, um, the shooting potential. He can, you know, he can spread the floor, but you know, Denny, I, I want I want Denny being that guy guarding the best player on the other team if, if it's not a center. <laughs> Obviously, if it's in beat out there, he ain't gonna be out there guarding B, but. You know, I want Denny out there guarding the best player. So I'm, I'm sliding Denny at the three. Four, Kuzma. You know, I know Kuzma can play the three, but um, he played the three with the tall lineup when we had Gaff and KP. But I think he's best served at the four. And obviously, get my man Gaff at the five. But looking at a potential Jordan Poole, if he starts, um, if you want a, a lineup that can score, I'm definitely putting Jordan Poole at the one, Kisper at the two. I know the, you know scoring people are going to get on me, but I'm putting Denny at the three because he still got to have some defense. Um, the four, Kuzma, and then five, Gaff. So, yeah, and obviously that second lineup with Jordan Poole starting at the point, 
you really got to look at the second unit because there's people that need minutes. And I, I, and that's just where it gets tricky because you got guys that, you know, we were looking at Muscala. We we're looking at Gallo. We were looking at um, ah, it, it, um Shemet. Shemet. There yeah. you go. That they were <laughs> they were possible buyout candidates or trade candidates, you know what I'm saying? But you know, and in the Dame Lillard situation is kind of dragging on, so we don't know if they're gonna be part of a trade package or if Gallo and Muscala are gonna be buyout candidates. We shall see. So, um, and that's kind of where we're gonna slide right into the second unit. Um, looking at the second unit as it is right now, who do you got as a as your five, the second unit? Yeah, that's interesting. So I was looking at some numbers too. So Jordan Poole, he did play uh, point guard pretty frequently with uh, the Warriors last year. He played 64% at the point guard position, 36% of the shooting guard presented uh, in 2023. 36% of the time he played shooting guard last year. So he did play a lot of point. But yeah, I mean, I, I could I could see, you know, I could see if, if they do make some trades or the, the injuries happen all the time. Knock on wood, but there may be some nights where Jordan Poole is starting at the point, Corey's at the two, Denny's at the three, Kuz's at the four, Gaff's at the five. I could certainly see that with Tyus coming off the bench, DeLon coming off the bench. Uh, I could see that happening some nights. Um, Corey's played small forward a lot uh, for the Wizards, and it kind of reminds me like when we had KCP at small forward. Corey played 50, 58% of the time last year. Corey played at small forward, 38% of the shooting guard position. And then Denny played a lot of small forward last year. To 62% of the time, he played at the small forward position. Then 30% of the time, he played at the power forward position, which I think kind of he's – sometimes I think he's better suited at the four. Um, and I think if he came off the bench, he would play at the four. Uh, he, could be, he could be that point forward. Um, but, yeah, I, I like your lineup of Poole, Kispert, if he does start at the point guard, and then Denny would be your three, so you would have defense there. And then at the four would be Kuz, and then at the five would be Gaff. Off the bench for me right now, it is a little muddy right now. There's a log jam because right now I just don't know what's going to happen with Gallo. They Jake, Jake Fisher reported a buyout. That still hasn't happened. Um, you know, there's been reports about him being packaged in the Dame Lillard trade like you brought up where he, we could be that 13. We could just offload him to the Heat or the Blazers, whoever, possibly just get a second-round pick or something like that back. Same thing with Shemet. But, um, you know, the days keep going by. The season is still long. They could be traded at the trade deadline or – um, they could get the Al Horford treatment at OKC where they're just like, hey, you know, we just want you to sit out and uh, we're just going to let the young guys play. So that could happen. Mike Muscala is still on the roster. He may play. He did play in OKC, so he has a little bit of um, connection with Will Dawkins and some familiarity, so I could see him come off the bench. But um, if we're up to me and we trade those guys off the bench, would be, uh, of course, DeLon would be the point guard. Um, Corey, would be your t- Corey would be your two behind if he doesn't start. Corey would be my two, and then Bilal would be my three, and then at four would be uh, I think I put down Patrick Baldwin would be my four man. He would be my power forward. That's if Gallo's not there, and that's if Denny does start at the three, and then my backup five would be Tristan Vucevic. So the five would be um, Delon, Johnny, Bilal, Pat Baldwin, and then Vucevic would be my five interesting okay um yeah we're looking at the second unit um obviously point second unit leader man is gonna be delon you know that's the guy um that's what that's kind of how he rolled last year and, and that's the role that fits him man uh two guard i'm a if uh, as it stands right now i'm playing shemetta too now if they move him mm-hmm. obviously you want to see kiss spread at the two and then he'll be backed up by johnny davis but as it stands right now i would have to push him at, at the two and then slide kiss at the three um at the four as of right now gallo 
But if we again, if we move him, then I would like to see Patrick Baldwin get those minutes. And then at the five, you know, obviously uh, Muscala, you know, is kind of up in the area. If um, if Vukovic stays, does he get a buyout over in Serbia? How that works out? But uh, you know, right now, you know, Muscala would be that guy. Now, if, if Vukovic gets that buyout and we indeed move on from Muscala, then I can see Vukovic starting to get the five. But it, it's kind of tough to really dictate that now, you know what I mean? Because it's just it's so much uncertainty with the second unit. You know, you got the three guys who, you know, I think that out of the three guys on the second unit, um, Shamet and Gallo have the most trade value. Now, Muscala, I think he could be thrown in there as, a, as kind of a salary filler, but I can see him easily being bought out too. So it, it's tough to really do the second unit because you got so much uncertainty. You got guys who are on, you know, veteran guys who are on the spine contracts who, who are kind of in the way of younger guys that need work. But even then, if Gallo stays, I'm not too upset because i do kind of think looking at patrick baldwin he's got potential but i kind of think that he maybe he needs to start the year out with the go-go get some get some significant minutes down there like kind of kind of what like you know, do with johnny give him significant minutes and go from there because i, I you know I, i'm intrigued to see if we can get the value up for gallo coming off an acl injury maybe his value is not as high so maybe we can try to get these guys value up and then try to move them before you know at the deadline before the deadline you know because injuries happen you know especially with contending teams so these guys can fit on a continuing team and be some depth. So that's kind of where I'm at. I, I agree with you. It's just, mm-hmm. it, it's tough. It's tough to dictate that, man, because you've got so much uncertainty in the second unit. So, yeah. And yeah, I'm looking at the depth, the depth chart. So Rollins, you know, he wouldn't be a part of that, that bench unit. Now I, I do think he's going to get playing time. I think he's going to get the Jordan Goodwin treatment where he's going to be that third point guard off the bench. Cause he's, he's played pretty well in the summer league. He's shown that he can get to the basket. He can create for others. He had the game where he had five steals nine assists and 19 points. So he showed the shiftiness and, and the, the craftiness. Quentin Jackson, we didn't bring him up. I do think he's going to get some playing time here and there. Um, Anthony Gill, you know, we'll see what happens with him and, and overseas. Xavier Cook, same thing. Is he going to get a – is he going to be on the roster this year? We'll see what, about that. And then Eugene, we just brought about – we just brought him up. I, I, another comparison I thought about Eugene is some, a little – watching him play, looks like Grant Williams a little bit. I think kind of a 3 okay. player too. I can see yeah. that. Um, and then Vukovic. Now, yes, I do. If they are trying to start off the season, trying to win some games and get some guys value up, of course. Yeah, I think Shamet would be the guy off the bench uh, right behind Jordan Poole. So it would be DeLon. If you're going the veteran way and they are trying to win games, because I, I think we can be similar to what the Jazz did last year, where the Jazz won more games than what they were supposed to start off. So, yes, uh, it would be DeLon behind Tyus. Then Shamet would be behind Jordan Poole. Then Corey would be behind Denny at the three. And then at the four, Gallo would be behind Kuzma, and then Muscala would be behind Gafford. So that the bench unit, the bench five would be Delon, Shamit, and then I, I didn't even bring up Bilal. You know, Bilal's got to get a minute. He's got to get minutes too. So where does he fit in? You know, in the rotation, and we'll talk about that in another episode. That's that's just showing that we have such a log jam, and so many guys on the roster right now. We have about seventeen guys on the roster, so of course they got to cut that down and uh, figure out minutes for guys. But yeah, I mean, where does Bilal fit in? If Corey's going to play at the three and the Shemet's going to play at the two and then you still got Gallo on the roster and Muscala on the roster, where where does Bilal fit in in that that bench five? You know, so the 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 bench unit that I named with the young guys, I think that would meet that would be more ideal for the rebuild. So you can evaluate and, and see the guys that you got. Yeah, it's going to be a tough one, man. I, I do not envy the coaching staff and mm. <laughs> general manager, you know, who set up the depth chart, man, because they have a lot of moving pieces in the second unit. So, yeah, we're um, next we're going to talk about Summer League, man, and how these young guys did in Summer League. But before we do, my man Ed's going to talk to us about FanDuel today. 
Yes, sir. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200. That's $200. You can spend betting everything from the money line to the over under to who you think is going to the first home run all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $2,000 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Also, they do have Summer League Basketball on there. You can bet on Summer League Basketball as well. I'm definitely going to put a couple wagers on there some of the games tonight and i'll probably wager on the wizards when they play on fridays one thing you guys for making locked on wizards your first listen every day now every dayers we will be reacting to the game on friday and then they they may they probably will have an extra game so we'll be reacting to that so stay tuned for those episodes yes sir so we're gonna dive right into summer league man um looking at some stats real quick at uh johnny davis Bilal Kulabali, and tristan vukcevic uh johnny davis is averaging around 14 a game 5.7 rebounds, two and a half assists, and two steals. Uh, but he is shooting around 36% from the field, 30% from three. But surprisingly, he's shooting 100% from free throw. Uh, looking at Bilal Kulabali, 10 points a game, five rebounds, about one and a half assists, and one and a half blocks. And he's shooting about 37.5% from the field, but 10% from three. So he definitely needs to work, and 50% from free throw, so he definitely needs to work on that. And finally, looking at Tristan Vucevic, uh, he's averaging around 10.7 points a game, six rebounds, one and a half assists, and one and a half blocks while shooting 42% from the field, but 22% from three. So looking at these three young guys, E, um, what do you, what have you liked about their game in Summer League, and what do you think they need to improve on going forward? Yeah, so I guess right now, Blau, I wouldn't look at his percentages. We kind of knew coming in that he wasn't going to be a good three-point shooter. Um, didn't shoot the three well, uh, really, when he played with Victor Wimbayama overseas before he came. Uh, the shot is very slow, so it's got a long way to go. Uh, but just looking at the feel of the game, him being a ball handler, pick and roll ball, ball handler, I thought he did some good things. And right now, defense is going to be his calling card. So he's definitely going to play and get, get playing time because I told about the 10 guys right now. He's definitely going to play, whether he's going to play a two guard or, the, or be a small forward or a four. He's so interchangeable and versatile defensively. I think he can guard one through four, and maybe at times one through five. So that's going to be his calling card. You see the blocks. You see the chase down blocks. You see the blocks off the black backboard where he's glassing guys. You see the dunks. Um, you see the putbacks and just how athletic he is. Uh, but, yes, the offensive game, the handle still needs some work. Uh, but right now, you're 10% from the three. It, it, it's pretty darn bad. That's pretty darn bad. And some of the misses have been way off. They've been air balls. They've been off the side of the rim. So. Um, the developmental staff has a long way to go, um, but the field goal percentage is concerning too. He definitely should be finishing better than what he is. Still skinny. We talked about that. Um, you know the weight and the body mass and his body frame. He is a small, skinny guy, so he's definitely going to live in the weight room this summer after summer league, and he's got to finish a little bit better than what he has uh, around the rim and just be a little bit more aggressive. But you see the tools, you see the potential. 
when the flashes are really, really good and the lows are really low at times. Uh, so I've I, I liked what I've seen for the most part. But, yes, he definitely has um, he, he definitely has, you know, a lot of things to work on out there. And I, I like the flashes have been really, really good for him. Looking at Johnny's shooting percentage percentages. Um, let me put the numbers again, because, yeah, they're they haven't been good at all. Um, and it, it's been taking him, <clears throat> excuse me, for him to get 15 points, he has to shoot the ball 15 times. For him to get 20 points, he has to shoot the ball 20 times. And he's got to be better than that. Um, I do like the confidence. So 36% from the field is not good. 30% from the three is not good. 100% from the free throw line is good. Um, I thought he's made some good passes, but he's still kind of hesitating on from the three-point line. Um, way more confident from the summer league last year, but that's a low bar because he just he he struggled in the summer league a lot last year. Um, but he's rebounding the ball well, five boards a game. Same thing with Bilal. He's rebounding the ball pretty well, five boards a game. 1.7 blocks per game. That's really, really good. He's averaging two block blocks per game with Bilal. Bilal is, so that's awesome. Um, but Johnny, yeah, he's leading the team in scoring, but the efficiency he has to pick up. He's getting two, two steals a game, so that just shows the defensive prowess that he has. He's been a good defender. He's been picking up the, the other team's best player at times in the summer league as well. So those are some good things. I think he can be a defensive anchor. Not a, I'm sorry, not an anchor. But he can be a good defensive player for the Wizards coming up this season. Maybe he can try to take on somewhat of a Josh Hart type of role for the team coming off the bench. I think he can try to do something similar to that. Maybe, um, yeah, I feel like a, like a Josh Hart kind of role. I feel like he can definitely try to do that to start off his career until he gets his offensive game up to speed because he's still not getting by guys. He's still not creating separation on the offensive side of the ball. He's still missing open threes. He's still struggling from the mid-range with his touch and feel around the, around the mid-range game right now. Uh, then moving on to Tristan, 10 points a game, six boards, rebound the ball well. He's scoring around the rim pretty well. 1.3 blocks a game is pretty good. 42% from the field. Would, we would want him to, to have a better percentage than that, uh, being a big man. Like I said, I don't want to look too much into summer league stats, but 22% from the three is not good. He's a better three-point shooter than that. 88% from free throw line is really good. Uh, but he's good in transition. So all these guys, they have some room to work on. They're all young. And um, we know it's going to take some time with Bilal. We know Tristan is a second-round pick who is playing better than a lot of a lot of a couple first-round picks out there. I think he's playing pretty good ball. But he still has a long way to go on the defensive side of the ball. And I think the three-point shot will come along. Yeah, I agree on all points, man. I think that you see the potential in all three, but they all need work. You know, and obviously they're, they're all in different timelines. Obviously Johnny Davis, second-year guy. You're kind of looking for more from him. Man, as you see the score with Johnny is just – he's not efficient. He's not efficient. He's shooting a lot of low-percentage shots, a lot of ill-advised shots. Um, he's forcing a lot of shots. Um, he, he needs to work on his offensive side of the ball. Defensively, elite, no, but very above average. You know, good instincts, especially stealing the ball, pressure, getting people's faces. The defense is there. I love what I see from him defensively. It's just offensively – he's not at the bottom of the barrel offensively. It's just – Look, he's not going to get past anybody. So he's got to work on his handles, man. He's got to work on, you know, maybe you know, not being lightning quick with a first step, but learning how to utilize the first step, you know, how to really, you know, because he's not going to blow past anybody, man. So he's got to be crafty with how he sets himself and puts himself in position to score. So I, I want to see him kind of work on his game offensively. But look, man, I mean, I, look, he's young. It's year two. I'm not going to say it's too late. He still has time. But looking at his draft pick, man, you kind of expect more. You know, we were talking about before the show, man, when you look at guys who are kind of in the same draft class, you know, Benedict Matherin and Malachi Branham, it just is it's so much of a talent gap between Johnny and those two guys, man. And it just when you see them play and how flu their game is, it's just it's, it's such a big gap. 
he's he's got to work on his game. You know, I don't know if I don't want to see him go to Capital City Gilgo. I think he's done with all that. I want to see him get some playing minutes. But you know, with with the makeup of the roster, how do you get playing minutes? Uh, playing minutes for him, first of all, is just is it's tricky with him, man. It's really tricky situation for Johnny because you know you got Shemet, you got Corey Kispert, <laughs> you know you got guys in front of him, man. So where are you gonna find playing minutes? It's gonna be crafty. Um, looking at Bilal, look defensively, he's on point, man. I mean, you know the rundown blocks. I mean the instincts, both of them, their instincts are on point defensively. He's just offensively, he's trying to do too much. You know, I, I think he has good form. His shot release has to be quicker. Um, he's got to drive more. He's got to drive the lane more. You know, he's very hesitant at times. He's got to drive. You know, he's got to drive the lane. So that's kind of what I want to see from Bilal. And, and Vuksovic, man, you know, he's um, defensively, he's not working for nothing. You know, he shows a lot of energy on the defensive end. Um, you see he, he can spread the floor. It's just he's got to work on his touch. I think he needs to add a little more trajectory to his shot because it's kind of a flatter shot, man. And he and his and with him, his release is too quick. He's he's, he's shooting it quick, and he doesn't have a lot of trajectory on that shot. So I think he needs to kind of work with somebody and get a little bit of air on that shot a little bit. And I think it'd be all right, man. But all three of them, I, I don't think they're scrubs. I don't think they're busts. I think they're young guys who have a lot of upside, but they need work. And so you know, this development staff, man, they they have a lot of work ahead of them for these three young guys. But I think that. All three. And, you know, I know a lot of people are down on Johnny Davis right now, but I think all three can be jewels in the rough, man. They can be diamonds in the rough. I think they are because Johnny is just, look, we know what he can't do. He's not – the speed ain't there. He's not blown past anybody. But if he learns to be crafty as an offensive guy, I think he'll be all right as a scorer in his league. He's got to be more efficient, man. He's got to be more efficient. I mean, especially if you look at his roster, man, look, Kuzma and Poole are going to shoot a lot of shots. So we need some efficiency overall. Because we know there's going to be a lot of shots between those two. So as far as Johnny, man, it's his development, man, he's got to be more efficient. So, um, yeah, I agree with you. I think there's a lot of potential. I don't think they're bust, but, you know, the work has to go both ways. The, the development staff has a lot on their hands. But as far as personal player, you know, personal standpoint with these players, these guys have a lot of work to do. So they have to be willing to go out there and put that work in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the defense side of the ball, you see there's some players where he looks like a corner or a safety out there where he's – getting in the passing lanes where he's just the foot speed, the, where he's covering ground, where he's getting steals. He's been a pass. He's created fast breaks, breaks by deflection. Him and Quentin Jackson have done the same thing. Uh, so I think I've been, I've been intrigued. I've been really impressed with his defense. That's the thing that's impressed me the most. I didn't know that he averaged two steals per game. Just looking at it through three games, that's pretty darn good. He's probably up there with the summer league leaders in steals. Um, and I think he can do that. I think that's gonna that's gonna be a way for him to get playing time. Him and DeLon, right? They're they're probably gonna be one of our better backcourt defenders. So I think that's the best way he can get on the court right now. The explosiveness and the first step, it just it's just he just doesn't really have it. He's not gonna beat guys off the dribble with his quickness or his explosiveness. Um, we saw Malachi Brandon do a couple step through moves, a couple step back threes. I don't see that from Johnny. I don't see any step back threes or anything in the in his arsenal. Um, it's just a, it's a methodical, slow kind of game. He has an old school game where at Wisconsin, his best shot was the mid-range shot and isolating guys. And, you know, he's just not going to re- really get a lot of chances to do that with the Wizards right now where they're slowing it down and just giving him the ball and he can just go out there and take a bunch of dribbles. And he's the man on Wisconsin where here is just going to be different. Where he's going to become off the bench. Um, and, yeah, he just hasn't been able to find his shot or, his, you know, his his touch. Uh, in the summer league either, but he's getting him up, and I, I like the confidence, and he, he's working hard, and I think he's a worker. 
you bring it up all the time where his freshman year, he averaged what, like five or seven? Sophomore yeah. year improved. So I think he's a guy that's going to get improved. He's going to improve. But at the same time, by the time he really finds getting comfortable in the NBA, it may be a little too late. It may be a contract year. And Will Dawkins and Schlank and, and um, Winger, they may have to make a decision because they didn't draft him. So that's, 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 that's just my, my take on Johnny right now. Yeah, lots of potential, but work is needed, man. So uh, we're going to go ahead and call it there, everybody. Uh, definitely appreciate everybody. Uh, again, tomorrow night, Friday night, um, is it 5 or 5.30? Uh, I want to say five. We'll see if Chet plays or not. Got you. Got you. Five o'clock, uh, the fourth summer league game for the Washington Wizards. So we're going to see how these young guys do. But again, lots of potential, but work is needed and the 202. So thank you, everybody, for making Lockdown Wizards your first listen every day. Every day is again tomorrow. We're going to recap this fourth summer league game. So definitely, everybody, tune in. Like, subscribe, comment below. Let us know what you guys think. Anywhere you get your podcast, five star review is much appreciated. So hail to the Wizards and peace, everybody. Have a a good day, Gary. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.